welcome back to Freedom by Faith Ministries. I am Dr. Pamela Noel, and I will be your host for today. So we are going to be continuing our talk on the COVID-19 pandemic and basically sickness, illnesses, you know, viruses, infections, just everything, basically. And so I decided to do this talk, uh, as I mentioned previously, um, because as a physician, I have been you know, around a lot of COVID patients, manage a lot of different infections, including COVID. And so as a child of God and a servant of the Lord and a student of the word of God, um, God put it in my heart to, to really speak, you know, thoroughly and truthfully about my stance on this virus and the pandemic from a biblical perspective. And so um, I decided to do some video series to really teach people about, you know, how to look at things really from a biblical perspective, right? Because we often um, have so many ideas about what we think about certain things. And even as Christians, um, people almost never, you know, consider God's opinion about anything, really. Um, so when you're, when I'm talking to Christians, a lot of times it's like I'm talking to non-Christians, right? So the conversations I have with people, whether it's a Christian or a non-believer, um, it's usually the same conversation, right? And so I don't say things very much when I'm in a, you know, when I'm talking to people, I just kind of let people talk. And it's, it baffles me a lot of times um, how seldom people bring up God's word in, in their normal conversation, right? It's what's going on in the news, what I read online, uh, what I think, what I feel. Why did the government do this? I don't like it. I'm not going to obey it. And people just don't want to consider, you know, God has an opinion about everything because he's the one behind all things, right? And so it's on us to have wisdom and understanding to see things from a spiritual perspective because that is the truth of anything and everything that goes on in this world, it's spiritual, right? And so because we don't study the Bible um, deeply enough, we don't see it that way, right? So we're very carnal in the way that we look at the world. Um, and so God put in my heart to really speak thoroughly about everything that he's shown me throughout this season uh, that we've been going through with this COVID-19 um, pandemic. And it is profound the things that I see, you know, in front of me, the people that have that I've managed and treated in hospitals and my friends who are in ministry. Um, and it just hurts my heart sometimes to hear the way people talk and, you know, so gloomy and, and negative. And, you know, um, as I said earlier, my life has not changed much at all throughout this whole pandemic, even though I'm managing patients in hospitals with COVID because my, my faith in God is solid, right? So it doesn't matter what goes on around me. If, as long as I remain standing on God's word, you know, we ought to live like houses built on a solid rock, right? So whatever wind, waves, storms are hitting us left and right, the house should remain unchanged. Um, and so that's why I've built my life on the word of God, despite my knowledge of medicine and science, but God is the one who's the author of medicine and science, right? And so after my uh, COVID series on um, videos that I'm making right now, I hope you know, that many of you who are watching would have a better understanding on what it really means to be a child of God and to really trust in him. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for um, bringing us today into this meeting. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to take over, to take control of um, this teaching so that the people of God who are watching this video, that they will have a better 
more profound understanding of who you are, despite the sicknesses and the trials, tribulations that we may walk through, knowing that you are our Heavenly Father and you have made provision and you have given us the wisdom to overcome every obstacle that we may face. So we thank you, God, for today. So today's um, session is going to be about citizenship, right? What does it mean to be a citizen of heaven, right? And so, as I mentioned earlier, my life has not changed much since this COVID pandemic has happened, right? So wearing a mask, well, even before COVID, when you work in a hospital, you know, some patients, depending on whatever infection they happen to have, you have to wear a mask, right? So that wasn't anything new for me. Vaccines, you know, this whole thing that went on with the vaccine uh, controversy. Um, so, so nothing really in my personal life or my children or my husband or our family has not changed much. Um, thankfully, you know, praise God for that. But we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven, right? So even though we're in this world, there's no COVID in heaven, right? And so how do we live like actual citizens of heaven? So a long time ago, God showed me that, you know, the Bible is meant to be taken literally, right? So we have this tendency, if something doesn't sound right, we just kind of either ignore it or we make it mean something else, right? So when the Bible says we are citizens of heaven, right? I take that literally. I am a citizen of heaven, right? So we were sent by God to accomplish a certain assignment as ambassadors and representatives, and, but our, our citizenship is not here, right? And so people get so worried about things in this world. Well, you don't belong to this world, right? So the very fact that Christians worry so much about the things that are going on in this world means that you don't truly believe you're a citizen of heaven, right? Because if if all of your wealth and, and all of your possessions are in heaven, why do you care so much about what goes, what's going on in this world if your assignment is a temporary one and eventually we're going back home where we belong, right? So we're going to talk about that and we're going to start with Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4. And this is Paul talking. And, and remember, Paul was someone who suffered severely during his ministry, he suffered, you know, persecution, going to prison, beaten, almost drowned. And whenever he went to prison, he would rejoice. Right. So you wonder why would Paul be so excited? Like he would rejoice and worship and praise God in prison. Um, and he would send letters, you know, writing his epistles while in heaven encouraging everyone who's outside of heaven, right? So you would think if Paul's suffering in prison, he should be the one getting re receiving letters from other people, encouraging him not to give up, right? But it's, it was the opposite. And so you wonder why, why did Paul, who suffered so much, why was he so joyful, right? Why would he say in Philippians, you know, rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say rejoice. Why was he rejoicing so often? So Colossians 3, 1 to 4 says, um, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this world. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, 
you will share in all of his glory. Right. So this is, again, Paul talking and he says your real life is not even here. Right. Your real life is in heaven. Right. So think about the things of heaven, not the things of this world. Right. Because you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God and Christ in the father are in heaven. And your real life, your actual life is hidden in God with Christ Jesus. Right. So that is your real life. Right. And so the anxieties and the fears and that people suffered at the beginning of this pandemic is a demonstration that we don't really believe our life is in heaven. Right. And so for me, knowing that, you know, I have a place in heaven with Christ inside of God. Right. That's profound. Right. To say that 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 is your real life so that this is a fake life that we are worried and anxious about all the time. Right. And so that is a demonstration to God when he's looking down from heaven at his children who are running around like chickens with their heads cut off because of what the government is saying and what's going on in here. And then the pandemic, everybody's dying. Right. So everybody's scared and anxious. And we forget our home is actually with God inside of God in heaven. Right. And so we must always be mindful of that. There is no COVID in heaven. Right. So we don't have any reason to freak out about something that doesn't belong to us. Right. It belongs to this world, a world that we are not citizens of. Right. So as an ambassador and a representative of the kingdom of God, we should always remain mindful and to keep our minds on him. Like Paul says, to think about the things of heaven. Right. There is no COVID in heaven. So there's no reason to obsess over this virus and do all kinds of Google research about something that belongs to a world that we don't belong to. Right. So let's go ahead and move on to Philippians four, which is a passage I meditate on almost every day, actually. Um, Philippians. Four. Let's look at eight, nine. It says. Actually, let's go to let's go up from six to nine. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So notice here, Paul is not saying when God fixes all of your problems, then you'll have peace. No, he says in verse six, don't worry about anything. That's an order from God. Right. So he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's writing what the Holy Spirit is telling him to write, right? So this is a direct order from God. Don't worry about anything, including COVID, right? Or any other sickness for that matter. Don't worry about anything instead of worrying. So that means you can't do both. You can't worry and pray, right? It says instead of worrying, pray and thank God for all he has done, right? So Paul is, is literally in prison writing letters to the Philippian church Right. And he's encouraging them not to worry about anything. And Paul is in prison suffering when he's writing these letters. 
right? And he says to thank God for all he has done, right? So something that I've learned in my life that's really changed the entire rest of the course of my life was when I started to thank God literally for everything, right? So this passage, I would meditate on it. And when Paul is saying, thank God for all he has done, and Paul is in suffering in prison, so even while he's suffering, he's thanking God for everything, right? And so when you have an attitude of thankfulness, right, that is um, a way to really, that really moves God. And in my life, I can say, I can testify to that because I, I remember whenever, I think that was about maybe seven, eight years ago now, um, probably closer to nine years since I've been at my current job and I'm still there. When I started working there, there was this gentleman um, who was the chief administrator of the office and he was, he had a very um, hardcore um, demeanor about him. Um, very forceful. He's very um, controlling and domineering is the word I wanted to say. He's very do domineering. So it's like, you do what I say or else. Like he's very close to my boss. And so, you know, he has access to my boss. And so whatever he tells you to do, people were very afraid of him. And I know God hates fear and, and we ought to fear only God and no one else. So one time there was a, uh, an outbreak of malaria around our um, Hillsborough County area. And so he, um, he was approached by a news, a local news station to do a study, to do a, uh, to do a interview with one of the doctors, the one of the infectious disease doctors. And my boss and a couple of the other more senior uh, physicians in the practice were not available and it was such a short notice um, that nobody really was interested in you know, doing this interview because you, know, you need to do a lot of research and know what you're saying before you go on camera, right? And so he approached me and said, hey, you know, we need you to do this interview. We have cameramen outside and they're waiting to do this interview. And I'm like, I, first of all, I'm not even aware of this malaria outbreak, first of all. Um, so I wasn't sure you know, exactly what the questions would be and would I really be ready to answer them properly. So I declined and said, no, I'm not really comfortable doing that. So after that day, he basically <laughs> started a campaign against me and tried very hard to get me fired. And so he would you know, say whatever negative things about me to my boss. And whenever I was around my boss, she would roll her eyes at me and just look at me like, you know, she's not pleased about something. So I obviously don't know what, what was being told to her, but it was very obvious that after that interaction with my, the administrator, something shifted. Right. And so all of a sudden the people at my job are rolling their eyes at me. The medical assistants would not um, acknowledge anything that I was saying. You know, so I would tell them to, you know, I need this and this done with the patient and they wouldn't do it. They were not taking vitals on my patients anymore. They would let my patients just sit in the waiting room and just sit there. They would never take them back. And I would have to go to the waiting room and get the patient myself. Um, sometimes I would have to do vitals my own self which is fine. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't upset about that, but it was just interesting how the whole thing happened. And so patients would complain like, oh, we're calling and we're not getting, you know, our prescriptions refilled. And the way it works in the office, the patient calls the office and then the medical assistant would contact the doctor and you put in orders and then they, you know, they execute the, pre the, pres the prescription or they need labs or whatever the patient's concern was. And then document in the chart of the patient 
like the conversation, the interaction, you know, I spoke to Dr. Noel, patient needed this, this was done and so on, so on and so forth. So then by the time I would see the patient in the office, they would say, hey, you know, I've been calling, I talked to somebody and they said, you never send the prescription. And I like, I've never got a call about this. And then I would go into the chart and there's no documentation of this conversation that this patient had with a medical assistant in the chart. So I know like the patient is calling, but they're not documenting anything. They're not contacting me. So they were trying to really paint a picture that I was irresponsible. I didn't know what I was doing. My patients were angry with me. And so I thank God for that, right? So Paul said, thank God for all he has done. So I said, God, thank you that people are treating me this way. Thank you that I'm being treated unfairly. You know, thank you, God, that people are mistreating me or lying about me or trying to damage my reputation, try to get me fired. So I continue to bless the people at my job. And my boss and the, medical, and the uh, administrator, no negative feelings. I did not argue with him. I just let people do whatever they want. Ignore me, roll their eyes at me, make my patients get upset with me. I was totally fine with that because I know God is sovereign and he allows things to happen the way they are because he has a specific purpose and a plan for that. Um, and so fast forward, you know, my boss, they were asking for volunteers to help with different projects in the office that I'm not going to get into. And so I volunteered to do all of them for free. Nobody paid me for anything. And so I continued to bless them and whatever doctors needed help in their hospitals, I volunteered for that. No payment, nothing like that. And so eventually, about maybe several months later, the administrator decided he wanted to go on a different career path and he became a pilot. And then the, um, the manager went back to school, so she quit and she was another one that hadn't, you know, she didn't answer or any or address any, any of my concerns, nothing. So she went on with school. More, a lot of other people got fired um, or quit for other reasons. And some, somebody else who treated me poorly was, um, I think she, was, she went on leave and never came back after a pregnancy or something like that. So little by little, people were leaving, getting fired, you know, going to different career paths, and God basically pushed them all out of the way. And I now have complete peace at my job. And I would come into work and meditate on all these verses, like, like this passage, you know, thanking God for all things, not to worry about anything. Um, you know, when you start your career in medicine, every, your reputation is basically everything. Um, and so I continue to pray for them, bless them, forgive them. And little by little, God was getting rid of them. This one's gone, this one, you know, and I had, there was another lady who had cancer, actually. She's still in the practice. Um, so I prayed for her to be healed and she's totally fine now. Um, so it just goes to show like whatever situation you're in, God already understands it. He allows it for a reason. And now I have a great rep you know, reputation. I have a great relationship with everyone. And most of the people who were plotting to get rid of me, God got rid of them. Right? That's what happened to Daniel. Daniel went into the lion's den and his colleagues who put him there, they got devoured by lions. Right? Um, uh, Haman was planning to impal um, Mordecai and he, him, him and his family. It happened to them. Right. And so whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for good. Right. I'm still there. I'm still in the same job. And most of the people are gone. Right. And so most of the staff now are brand new people and I have a great relationship with them. And so it just goes to show that even if you are in a bad situation, do respond in that situation God's way. Like Paul says, don't worry. Right. That, that is an order from God. But instead of worrying, 
uh, worrying, pray about it and thank God for it. Right. So I thank God for that situation. And I'm still and I'm still here. So God is faithful if we are faithful to obey. Right. So let's take a look at Ephesians 2. So how many of us in that situation would have complained, you know, get angry, get bitter? I don't have to put up with this. I don't I shouldn't have to be here. Um, even though my flesh wanted to have that kind of attitude, I will be honest. Um, but I knew it would not be pleasing to God. And so I responded his way and God responded. God responded. All right. Ephesians 2. Let's do 6 and 7. The whole chapter is very good. Whenever you have time, I would read the entire Ephesians 2. But for, just for today, we're going to just read two verses. Um, so this is Paul talking again. He said, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Right. So Paul is saying here and notice that he used the past tense. Right. So we are under the impression because we think naturally. Right. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, but we live by what we see. Right. So in the natural, we're here and then we die. Right. And Paul is saying in the past tense, he said this has happened already. He raised this is past tense. He didn't say when you die, you will be raised to go to heaven, to be in heaven. Right. He didn't say that in the future tense. He said that in the past tense. And this is the Holy Spirit writing through Paul. And he says, for he raised us, right? This is God. God raised us from the dead along with Christ. So, so Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. And so when he died, he was buried, and then he was resurrected, and he rose to new life three days later. He said we were raised with him 2,000 years ago, right? For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, right? So this is what God was showing me, that we ought to take the Bible literally and seated, this is past tense, seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are currently today united with Christ Jesus. Right. And so when we think about our life, right, we care so much about our life. And the Bible says he who cares about his life will lose it. But if you don't care about your life, you will have it for eternity. Right. So we're not supposed to care about our life. In this world, because our real life, we saw earlier in Colossians 3, our real life is hidden with Christ in God and they're in heaven. And here Paul is saying this happened actually when Jesus was raised to new life and he ascended into heaven. We were raised with him, right, in the heavenly realms, right? And so he said that this occurred in the past and today we are united with Christ Jesus. We are seated with Christ. Right. And so when we're so concerned about the COVID-19 pandemic and what's going to happen with my job and all this other stuff, you know, God already understands it because he made it happen. He let it happen like that. Right. So we can blame this virus on the government, the Chinese lab or whatever this is. Right. But know that God is in control even of COVID. Right. But we're not even supposed to care about what's going on in this world because we don't we're not citizens of this world. 
right? And so, for example, if there was some sort of pandemic going on in, I don't know, Kenya, for example, let's say there's a pandemic, there's a, an epidemic, I should say, of tuberculosis in Kenya, right? We, are, we will be concerned about the people in Kenya. We would not say, oh, I'm going to have tuberculosis because there's, a, there's an epidemic in Kenya. You would never, that would never make sense. Right. And so when you care so much about the things of this world, that's the way God is looking at it. Right. So he's looking down from heaven. So you're a citizen and your real life is with me. And you're worried about something that's going on in the world that doesn't belong to you because you don't belong to this world. Right. So you would be concerned for the people of Kenya because the epidemic is happening in Kenya. But we would not say, oh, no, we're going to have tuberculosis here because it happens because it's going on in Kenya. That wouldn't even make sense to say that. Right. So we should think of ourselves that way, that we are living in this world, but we're not of this world. And we are of heaven. We're not waiting to go to heaven after we die, even though it doesn't make sense. Believe me, I'm saying it. and It doesn't make sense to me. But we have to learn to train ourselves to think from a godly perspective, because that is the real, that, that is the reality, is heaven. Right? So Paul says to set your sights on the things of heaven, to, to, to fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely. Think about things that are admirable and worthy of praise. And I think he's talking about Jesus, right? Think of, think of, fix your thoughts on what is true. Jesus is the truth, right? So, and he is in heaven. We are with him in God, in heaven. And that is your real life, right? So we ought to concern ourselves with the things of heaven because that's where our home is, right? So let's look at Exodus 15, 26. And also when you're reading scripture, always look at it from the perspective, the perspective of this is in order from God, that we ought not to worry. That is, an, that is an act of disobedience when we do worry, right? So many things in scripture says to trust God, right? To put our faith in him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So worrying about COVID, which is a virus of this world, is an act of disobedience because God says to not worry about anything, including COVID, right? All right, let's go on to Exodus 15, verse 26. It says, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your God who heals you. And so we looked at this passage in our last video, just a reminder that a lot of times when we are so worried about things, which I said before is sinful, it's an act of disobedience because it is not the will of God. So not listening to the voice of God, that in and of itself can bring on sickness because God is saying, if you do not hear me, I will, if you hear me, if you listen to my voice, I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent to, Egyptian, to the Egyptians. Right. So we talked about that in the last video, that if you look at it from the opposite perspective, if you do not listen, then I will make you suffer the diseases I've sent to the Egyptians. So let's go back to the book of Philippians, this time in chapter three. We're going to skip around a little bit. I wanted to look at what I mentioned earlier, that we ought to rejoice in the Lord. And this is Paul um, who's writing to the Philippians while in prison. He says, in verse one, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things and I do it to safeguard your faith. 
right? So rejoicing in the Lord to safeguard our faith. And this is Paul writing these letters while he's suffering, right? And then down to verse seven, he says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting, counting it all as garbage so that I could again gain Christ and because and become one with him. Um, so it's important to remember, you know, none of these things that we're so concerned about, you know, our finances and obviously these things are important. But Paul is saying he's counting everything as garbage. Right. And so it's important to remember that the things of this world are nothing really our real life is in heaven with God and he said in the same um, chapter in um, verse 20 he says again but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior and so Paul understood very well and we need to understand also that our citizenship again is in heaven and we ought to listen like in Exodus 15 to the voice of the Lord so that we don't suffer the sicknesses of the world and like the, the Egyptians, right? The, the children of Israel represent the children of God and the Egyptians represented the children of this world. And so when God is the one who sent the plagues, remember that it's not some Chinese lab, right? God is the one sending plagues down and the people of this world suffered from it, the Egyptians, but not the Israelites right? Because they're citizens of God, right? So we are the citizens of heaven. And so whatever circumstances are around us, we ought to show God that we have faith in him and that we're not going to put our eyes on the worldly things because we're citizens of heaven. So let's take a look at an example of that. Um, let's first look at John and then we'll look at uh, two more passages in Exodus. John 10 verses 27 and 30. 27 to 30. So we just spoke about um, listening to the voice of God in Exodus 15, verse 26. So in John 10, we're looking at 27 to 30. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. And no one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one, right? So we are in the hands of God, literally, right? So take these verses, literally, we are in the hands of God and no evil, no devil, no virus can snatch us out of the hands of God, right? So we're going to take a look at two more passages and that will be the end for today's talk. We're going back to Exodus. This time, Exodus 8. In verse 22, so this is when, you know, God is sending all kinds of plagues, sicknesses upon the people of Egypt, right? Because they don't belong to God. They're not his children. So he's sending all kinds of plagues down. And in verse 22, it says, but this time I will spare the region of Goshen where my people live. No flies will be found there. 
Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am present even in the heart of your land. Right. So think about that in your home, for example, like whatever viruses, whatever storms come. And even when there's like actual hurricanes and storms um, that is supposed to come, I never get worried because I know God will protect our home and he has. Right. And we live in Florida in the Tampa area where, you know, we are not the center, but when storms come, it tends to go around that area. Um, but by the grace of God, we have been very grateful and thankful that he has protected our home. And I love the fact that he says God is sending plagues of flies to Egypt. And he said, I'm not going to allow um, the region of Goshen to be affected by it because that's where my people live. Right. He says that's where my people live. So that's the way we should think that whenever plagues or storms are coming in, because we're the children of God, he will spare us. All right, let's look at one more verse, the very next chapter, uh, chapter nine. The, the title is A Plague Against Livestock. In verse 26, it says, um, so I, well, 25 says, it left all of Egypt in ruins. The hail struck down everything in the open field, people, animals, and plants alike. Even the trees were destroyed. The only place without hail was the region of Goshen, where the people of Israel lived. So all the plagues that God sent to Egypt, even though the, the children of Israel lived there, um, none of the children of Israel were affected by it because they were protected by the hands of God. Right. So think of yourself that way when there's a pandemic, a storm coming. Um, show God that you really trust him and not live in fear. So thank you, Heavenly Father, for today's talk. We thank you, God. For revelation of the truth that we ought to never be afraid to not worry about anything. We ask you, Lord, to put in our hearts uh, a sense of peace, knowing that whatever happens in this world, because we are citizens of heaven, because we are living with Christ in God, that we, we ought to never worry about anything of this world. Help us to have the mindset that we can trust in the mighty name of Jesus because we are in the hands of God. Amen. Thank you for joining me. I ask that God will continue to bless you, to give you peace and strength. We'll see you next time. Are you ready to step into your calling and destroy fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety? In Our Victory, God's Glory, author Pamela Noel describes the stop and do nothing else principle that was used by some of the most powerful people in Scripture, including David, Moses, Peter, and Daniel. This You Can't Help Yourself book reveals that success in every area of your life lies in one name. Our Victory, God's Glory was written to support Haiti's elite medical team, a Haitian-American-owned, not-for-profit organization that provides healthcare services to the poor in Haiti. Proceeds from the sale of this book will help support our efforts. The ultimate goal is to build a hospital and provide much-needed medical care services currently unavailable to those with limited access to quality healthcare. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.